Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 455 with Lisa Copeland, Understanding Men Over 50. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe a woman of value naturally attracts the respect she deserves in life and love. If you're looking to build your confidence and show up more authentically in your life, I wrote a book just for you, and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It's filled with 30 tips and exercises, stories, interviews from this show, client stories um, to help you really step more fully into your value. And it's available on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. Every week, I bring you a tip from the book. This week's tip is step number 17, which is let go of toxic people. We often have toxic people in our lives when we leave a marriage, um, a bad relationship. We realize it's actually more toxic people in our lives that we need to, uh, to extricate from our lives. Often comes from not setting clear boundaries, not knowing our values, not being really clear with who we are and what we need. And so I often find that when a client comes to me and she's looking to find love, she often has a lot of toxicity to get out of her life. So if you are one of those people and you have some people in your life who are draining you, really look at how to set clear boundaries with them, how to speak up and let them know how it feels to be around them. And if they still continue to act that way, it's time to say goodbye. (laughs) Uh, Before I bring Lisa on, I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date, and it's a fabulous place for positive support on your journey to your last first date. And now for my guest, Lisa Copeland. She is a leading internationally recognized love coach and dating expert for women over 50. She has an Amazon bestseller. It's called The Winning Dating Formula for Women Over 50. She has been seen on Huffington Post and she's been on ABC and Fox. She inspires and teaches women how to feel confident, empowered, and joyful when they're dating after 50. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, Sandy. Thank you for having me here. My pleasure. So we do similar work with a similar audience, and I love to talk about this topic of men over 50. They're they're a little bit of a different breed, and I know that a lot of women say that all older men want to date younger women. What do you think about that? I think when they first come onto the dating scene that for some of them, that's really true. They, they're tired of what they had before and they want a new model, you know, a brand new model. But what happens is, is when they date younger women, they find that they have nothing in common and they don't share a history. And that's one of the most important things is you want to share a history with someone so you can relate to each other. And since they don't share a history, they, they, it goes nowhere. Also, a lot of younger women don't want to date their dad or grandfather. I mean, <laughs> if you're older and older male, you need to be pretty wealthy or pretty and pretty powerful for a younger woman to date you because otherwise your appeal is not there. Does that make sense? That uh, totally. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think you're so right. I think that a lot of men first want to see like, how young can they go? Like, yes. How much fun can they have? 
And I think women do that too. They date younger men, they have casual sex, like people want to experiment. And after a while, if you're looking for something serious, you want to be able to relate. And I mean, I've dated men 10 years younger who I can relate to, but then there are these little things that come up like, oh, you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, oh, that reference to a musician that I was into is like ancient history to you. So yeah, I think we have to find people we can really connect with and, and it could happen on either end of the spectrum, but a lot of older men do want their equal. They want to be able to relate. Right. And they often come back. Then they'll come back because they can, they're they not successful with the younger women. And they'll come back and they'll realize, oh, you know what? Women my age really are interesting. It's just a lot of times they have to sow those wild oats, just like we do, just like you said, you know, women do too. And you know, we come back knowing, oh, this is what I definitely don't want. And it starts to help you decide what you do want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really helps to start with, hey, this doesn't work for me. So let's, let's talk about men over 50. What are they looking for in a woman as opposed to younger men? I think men over 50, if you ever study the work of Alison Armstrong, she talks about the phases that men go through. And they sort of get to a phase of male menopause, just like women do. And they start reevaluating their lives. And a lot of divorces happen in this um, like tunnel of time where men can become really cranky there because they're evaluating just like us. We become become cranky and menopause for what it is that we want to do next. And when men come out of that, they're very different. They want a woman by their side who they can make happy. This is what women don't realize is men truly do want to make you happy. Even younger men, will want to make you happy. It's really in their DNA coding. And when they come out of this phase that they've discovered what they want, they want that woman by their side who they can be supportive of, who will support be supportive of them to have fun, to have companionship. But men at that age will do only what they want to do. And what that means is if you want to go to the ballet and a man doesn't, don't take it as like, he won't do anything I want. Take it as he probably would say, take a friend and he's not insulting you. It's just, this is not on his list anymore. Just like it might not be on your list to go to a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game. And that's okay. You know, you could take a friend, he could take a friend to what he wants to go to. But overall, they are there to really find a woman that they can have as their partner, same thing. But they are more um, oh, chivalrous at this age as well. They really do like being able to give. And that's very hard for women over 50 at times receiving. Yes. <laughs> that the R word. <laughs> I just had a client who's really struggled with vulnerability and opening up to men that she dates and she's kept it really close to the surface. And each week I give her one little scary thing to do. So she she went she had a major breakthrough in her relationship because she started to ask for what she wanted. And he was receptive. And then he wanted to walk her home. 
and they were like five blocks from her home. And her first instinct was, no, I can do this myself because she's been doing it her whole life. And she remembered what I told her and she was able to receive his request to support her and to protect her and to be there for her. And she said, it's like amazing the shift in their relationship. And so when you are open and you accept, it makes the man feel so good. And what women don't realize is by not receiving, we're actually taking away their pleasure, right? So like, yeah, say a little more about that, like the, the support and the protection and, and how that is for men. So men really do, like I said, want to make you happy. The problem is, as women, we don't know how to necessarily ask for what we want in a way a man can hear. And when we, the, the reason for that is because we as women come from a place of community and men come from a place of stepping up to be your hero. So I remember my first husband, he would say to me, you're ordering me around. And I would wonder, what are you talking about? Because I would always say, oh, could you please help me do this? I mean, I use the magic word, please. You know, to me, that was like, I asked nicely. But a man hears that the same way he used to hear his mom saying, honey, could you please move your shoes off the steps? Or honey, could you please take your homework off the table? And it doesn't trigger in him the wanting to really step up for you. So the way to do that is to just ask a man for your help. You know, I need your help. Not could you help me? That's mommy again. But I need your help. And when a man hears, I need your help, or could you do me a favor? It triggers in him, this is a way for me to make her happy. And the problem is, as women, we know what's going to make us happy. And it's not necessarily always what he's going to do for us in his way. And so what happens is, is we end up criticizing him for how he did it. And then he stops giving to us. You know, that's a huge thing that happens. Yeah, criticism does not motivate at all. <laughs> no, no. And with men, they'll just say, I can never do it right for you. Yeah. And I had, a, I had a perfect story of that. I was dating a guy about 12 years ago, and he decided he had to fix my dimmer switches on my lights. And he was a renowned electrician around the world. Firestone and Goodyear used to hire him for these major pro, you know, major issues with electrical things. So I figure, all right, you want to change them? Fine. So here's what he did. He scurried off. He went and he bought the, the everything that was needed. And when a man does that, you definitely want to thank him and appreciate him for doing that because he's taking his time. He paid for it. It was my house. He paid for it. Meanwhile, he gets in there and he's doing what he's supposed to do. But because I have the book of how to do everything my way, even when I don't know how to do it, I went up behind him and I go, are you sure that that wire goes there? So he very sweetly put down whatever tools he was using. He took my hands in his face and he said, Lisa, if you don't let me do my job, I'll never do another thing for you. Mm. It was a huge lesson. 
And we as women, we are good at doing things. So what ends up happening is we don't like how someone else does it. But what you're doing is you're creating a cycle of training men to never give to you. And we're tired of having the burden on our shoulders. We really, really want someone that can take some of that, but you have to be willing to receive and you have to be willing to receive the gift as it comes. <laughs> right. That's the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I love about this story is, is how he handled it. He did it with kindness and he was gentle and he wasn't harsh. And I think a lot of times when we are unhappy with the way somebody would do something, like I think a lot of women would not be so gentle and kind. We'd be like, get your hands off of me. You know, it's, <laughs> and it's, it really perpetuates a lack of offering help. And I remember as a, as a young mom, when my husband would go out and take the kids, he would forget their snacks. He'd forget the diaper bag. He'd forget all these things. And instead of just being grateful that he was taking them, I would criticize like, how could you forget these things? And the kids are going to be cranky. And I had to learn, you know, just thank you so much. I mean, he'll, he'll figure it out. The kids are going to be cranky. He's going to have to deal with it. It's not my job to correct They do him. figure it out. Yeah. yeah, they do. It's just not, they may not figure out as fast as you figured it out. They may do it differently than you would want it done. Exactly. But it gets done. But that yeah. is very hard for us because we've had to learn to be so proficient at things because we so many women have been single raising kids or not even raising kids just creating their own lives on their own and you've learned how to do it and whereas back in the 50s and 60s divorce wasn't like it is today today it's prevalent people get tired of nothing happening in their relationships and the next thing you know they're divorced so we're like one of the first generations where women have really had to stand up and take care of themselves. And so it's hard for us. You get that strong and you don't want to give that power away, but that is not real power with a man to know how to do everything. The power with a man is knowing how to trigger that hero response in him. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. Whenever I cook, I love listening to music from the 70s, like The Grateful Dead and Crosby, Stills and & Nash, and my favorite, Joni Mitchell. With Amazon Music Unlimited, I can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. And you can now stream your favorite podcasts, like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any device. Now for a limited time, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 90 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to claim this offer. Men are not, they don't think exactly the way we do. And, you know, we're generalizing because some women think like men and some men think like women. But I think when we can really understand each other and know how to communicate with each other, we are at a huge advantage. So, so share with us some ways that we can improve our communication with each other. Well, one of the things is, is we as women love to process. We like, we, let's say you go to an event and 
you want to process with your other significant other what happened. And the thing is, is men are not like that. Men are not the detail oriented like we are. They don't need to process. They don't need to feel things over like we do. Because for us, it fills us up to feel all those emotions and to discuss them. And what happens is oftentimes, or let's say we come home and we have a story to tell our partner and it's about Susie's brother's father's cousin had an affair. So a guy's eyes are going to totally glaze over when you start with that, because he's really only interested in you and what within you, he can help make better, help make your life better. So a better way to approach that is to say, can I share a story with you about a friend of mine's father's uncle's brother, whatever. And it'll be less than five minutes. I just kind of need to get it out. And a guy can hold on for five minutes. Other, just watch their eyes. Their eyes literally will glaze over. (laughs) If you start telling a long winded story, they can't follow because if it's not about you directly, they don't know what to fix for you. Mm, I love that. My son will say, I'm saturated, mom. I can't hear anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm well, all know, talked out, right? We as women get saturated too. We get filled up and we have to dump it. And that's really what we're doing when we're sharing the story. We're dumping it. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, your son, you're dumping it and they can't <laughs> take anymore because we need that space to fill back up. But it, when you limit the time, with a man and say, I'm only going to take five minutes. I promise he can understand that. And he can really give to you. And you're going to think he's the best listener because he's not going to interrupt and say, I think you should fix it this way. Cause women hate that. We don't. And that's because we're not setting the boundary ahead of time or our intention ahead of time. I just need to share this. And when you share that, those little words, I just need to share this. He can go, all right, I can just listen and I don't have to fix it. It's a limited dime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that. And I think it's, it's also great advice for all the um, unsolicited advisors out there in your life. It could be your mom, your sister, your friend who gives you unsolicited advice when you just want to share. So that boundary setting is, is an important skill, not just for men, but for all people. Like, I just, I don't need your feedback. I'm just sharing. It'll be less than five minutes. I love the clarity of that. So that's a great tip. Um, What else you got? (laughs) (laughs) Well, another thing is men are very single focused and we are not, we are multi-focused and that too comes from the caveman days because men had to be single focus to hunt. And if they were talking to the guy next to them, they would have been the ones hunted and they would have been the animal's dinner versus the animal being their dinner. As women, they used to sit around the campfire and they used to talk to keep the animals away. And that is the community thing. So the man was out there being your hero, getting you know, getting this, the um, animals so you would have clothes and food. All right. So men are single focused. If you need to share something with a man, 
You don't want to share something important while he's single focused on something, including driving you somewhere because he gets in that car and he says, I'm going to get you there safe and protected. And you get in the car and you go, I have to talk about this relationship. And he can't think about the relationship because he's busy trying to keep you safe and protected. There, there, my sister always tells a funny story. She would call me up and she would say, you know, if anything ever happens to me and I call you and tell you call the um, ambulance, do. Because when her husband, when the Chicago Cubs would come on, he was glued to the TV and she would say his name and he would never even hear her. So one day she laid down on the ground to see if he would see her. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the time she called me and made me promise if she called, I would call an ambulance <laughs> and he didn't even see her. And that is because men really are single focused. They are focused on the task and they're not looking for additional tasks. So the other thing is, is when it comes to tasks too, and he's doing a task and you start piling on more tasks, he literally can't hear them all. He just... That's not how men are. They are one single focused task at a time. Now, like you said before, it's not all men, but a lot of men are. There's a few that can be, you know, that can be multitasking, but most men really are single focused. And if you try and get them off that single focus, it's pretty hard. One last thing about single focus. So let's say something dramatic happens and we as women sort of test men. And let's say we heard bad news and he's focused on this job or whatever he's doing. We stand there and we start to cry. We're crying and we're just standing there and standing there and standing there. And we're thinking he's going to notice what I'm crying. What the heck is the matter with him? He's, he, why isn't he noticing this? And you get yourself all worked up and you get all upset with him. He can't see it because he's single focused on what he's doing. And the better thing to do is to say, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I really need your help. I'm so upset about something. And then he can stop or he can say, you know, can I, can you give me five minutes? I mean, if it's something disastrous, obviously he'll do it right then and there. Or he may say, can you give me five minutes or do you want my attention now? Or you can also set the intention of, I actually just need you right now. And, you know, that is something, and if you say to a man, I just need you right now and you're crying, he's going to step up and help you. So do those tips help? <laughs> Very helpful. So again, it's like clarity and understanding. So if you, if you understand that somebody is single focused, and I, I, I remember hearing a great story also where a woman was really, really upset with her husband because every time he would take a shower, he would stand in front of the closet with his wet towel around him, drop the towel, get his clothes, forget the towel and move on to the next task. And she'd be like, tell him a hundred times, pick up your dirt, your wet towel, please pick up your wet. And he just didn't see it. He could not see it until she was able to sit down with him and, and have a conversation from his perspective. And, you know, I have, I have an ADD child and it's the same kind of thing. The door would be left open. The stuff is left on the floor. Seeing it through my lens feels like you're not listening. Seeing it through her lens. Oh, I get it. Once she's out the door, she doesn't remember that the door's still open. So it's, it's, it's really being compassionate because we understand each other. I think that's a huge piece of it. Yeah. And we don't because we think that 
men think like us and men think that we think like them. And it just creates tremendous disconnect between the sexes that makes a relationship even harder. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's talk about emasculation. We, we have this, uh, this way to um, emasculate unconsciously. And I remember, you know, I grew up in a home with a lot of emasculation. I didn't know what it was called, but it wasn't comfortable. And I, I've learned since. So what are some of the ways that women do this unconsciously? They just make men feel less than. Right. Um, a really big one is back to that car again, when the man, you get in the car and you, um, he starts the car and you're going to, let's say the movies and he starts to go to the left when you would go to the right and you go, you should go to the right. It's five minutes faster. So what he's hearing is she doesn't trust me to get her there. And that's how you, that's emasculating to him. And we don't get it because we're community oriented and because we're community oriented, going to the right is best for the community. And that is why we think it's okay to say, and it's really hard to do. And you got to sit on your hands sometimes, you know, men are, don't pick on us the way that we pick on them in terms of not picking on them, like, you know, like this, but um, of seeing every little thing that they do. Men are much more broader scope. Like when, when they like a woman, they aren't looking at all her flaws. They're looking at the whole woman and the good stuff. They're much simpler than we are. We get in there and we just pick, 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 pick to make it a certain way. It's our way of doing it. <laughs> our way is the right way, right? That's right. And that could be emasculating to a man as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Um, the, the, I had a guest on, uh, Laura Doyle, who has a whole program on empowering wife. And that's a big part of her, of her philosophy is that, you know, she was the one who was, you know, you're wrong. This is the right way. You're, you're doing it the wrong way. And women don't see, cause it's such a common thing. Like we, I'm super efficient. Like I like to do everything efficiently and it's taken a lot for me to not impose my way on the loved ones in my life. It's like, we all get to figure out our way and but there are things that we are going to want to address. So we have to be very, you know, careful about the ones we do pick on to, to talk about the ones that are really important. Right. I think another thing is, is that's very emasculating is treating a man like a child, as if you know what's best for him. We don't like it when someone thinks they know what's best for us and they for sure don't like it when we're always telling them, you know, this was better for you. That's the message they're hearing. Criticizing is emasculating because a man doesn't like to seem less than in your eyes and he is doing the best he can do. Like we've said, it's not the best based on us, but it's the best he can do. And when a man looks less than in your eyes, he, you know, he knows he can never make you happy. Another one is definitely trusting men, you know, just trusting them. Like I mentioned with the car thing, if you don't trust a guy or you don't respect a man, move on because that goes back to that less than as well. A man senses that you don't have to say it. They know it. It's the way you treat them. It's the way you treat their opinions. 
And the last one I would say, and there's tons of them, but you know, we're just throwing them all out there. Um, but the last one I would say is if you ask a man's opinion, you better be prepared to take it or don't ask because men, um, I love how Alison Armstrong puts it where words out of men is, are like sacred. You know, we as women, when we talk, we release the same hormones as we do with an orgasm. Well, a man doesn't release those. So every, you know, release those same hormones. So every word is sacred. So when you're asking a man his opinion, he thinks that He's like, wow, you know, I want to do what's best for you. And when you ignore him, it's like you're slapping him in the face. So an example of that is um, I was married twice. And my second husband, it was a very short marriage because it was totally based on chemistry and nothing else. <laughs> and I warn you, ladies, and I tell my clients all the time, do not let chemistry be your barometer, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but anyway, I was going to re-lease my, or to lease a new car. My lease was up. So I must have asked his opinion of who he thought I should use. He hated the person I was using. I mean, he just thought he was unscrupulous and, and the, the person I was using had always been good to me. So I didn't see it. So I asked him, he told me, I totally ignored him. <laughs> And he was emasculated. So it's, you can make your own decisions. Number one, you are never a doormat. Just don't ask a man his opinion because that processing I mentioned earlier, men don't process, you know, like we do. If you want to get a lot of opinions, ask your girlfriends, <laughs> you know, don't ask men because you're emasculating. It's like you're sh like dominoes. <laughs> you would be seeing the dominoes all fall by asking men, who just, uh, you know, they feel what they say is valuable. And you're, when you don't listen, they get, they get emasculated. And then you got all, then anger happens and all kinds of things happen from there. Yeah. I mean, the thing, and these are all such great tips, like men say this over and over. All they want is to be respected. All they want is for you to see them for who they are and accept them for who they are. And women tend to get into relationships and immediately try to change the man. I mean, I, I married a guy, I did the same thing. You know, I, I totally did not respect a lot of his opinions. Uh, never should have married this guy, but he gave me beautiful children and grandchildren. So all of it is good now, but it's, uh, we ha I had no idea. And then when I started to look back at my training and how I was raised, I saw that I was perpetuating the same cycle. And I thought I was doing so much better. So it's so important to do this inner work so that we don't keep repeating these patterns and that we start to really tune in. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not rocket science. <laughs> it's like really, if people just follow these tips, relationships will improve a thousand percent. I agree. And I think the reason is women that we try and change men is because we fall in love with men's potential. Mm -hmm. Men fall in love with our reality. They either do or they don't, but we fall in love with men's potential and we can see their best self. And we just want to help them bring that out. You know, that's like huge. And men don't want to be pet projects. Yeah. For you, you know, they, they do not like that at all. Well, some, there are, there is a category of men that do like it, but most men, 
they like themselves and we come in there and we say, we don't like you how you are. And how would, you know, you, if you really turn that around and think, how would I feel if someone did that? It wouldn't feel so good. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, these are basic human social skills. Like we would never think of treating anyone else that way. You know, you don't get a best friend and then start changing her, but we do it with men all the time. Right. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Lisa, as we, as we end this episode of how to communicate and understand men, um, Tell us your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date. Well, I think it's, if you can really understand men and get that language down, they speak in here, you'll have a guy that will just cherish you and adore you. And he will respect you. Men automatically respect women uh, unless we give them reason not to. (laughs) And he'll be there to help support you. And, and, you know, so you don't have to carry all the burdens on your shoulders. But the thing is, is really learn about men. My clients have said, this has been one of the biggest things for changing their lives with men is to really understand men. And they realize why relationships didn't work once they understood this. And it's very, very powerful when you understand men and know how to trigger that hero response it's, it's not laying down like a doormat. Never, ever, ever. Like I said before, it is, you're coming into an amazing feminine power that is more powerful than I am woman. Let me roar and let me step on you. <laughs> so, and to get what I want, cause that too emasculates men, <laughs> but definitely um, <laughs> it's like, I'm better than you. <laughs> and that really messes not good for for going out on dates and and men do love it when you get them they want to be with a woman who really gets them it makes all the difference so true well this has been an amazing conversation lisa thank you i'm sure our listeners will really benefit from understanding a little bit more about how to connect and communicate and understand each other i know you have a free gift can you tell us a little bit about that I do. It's called the five little known secrets for finding a quality man. And it's like a little jumpstart ebook. If you've been in a rut, it's going to give you some ways to find a great guy. If you are just starting out, it's just going to give you like um, some tips for getting started. And it's just a helpful, you know, a helpful little ebook that can really, you know, get you motivated, inspired to get out there. Great. I'm sure this will be beneficial for many. And what is your website? How can people find you? Sure. It's findaqualityman.com. And the reason it's called that is when I first started in business, my coach, I had a coach because I'm a believer as a coach. I'm a huge believer in coaches changes your life. But my coach said to me, okay, you're going to name your, um, your company what is it that people have the biggest problem with? And over and over again, what was it? Finding a quality man. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how it became findaqualityman.com. Awesome. That's how I came up with last first date. <laughs> what do you want? Your last first date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So true. <laughs> right? That's what people want. So thank you, Lisa. This has been enlightening and uh, really appreciate you coming on the show today. 
Thank you, Sandy. (laughs) (laughs) If you love our show, please rate and review us. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. 